Hello and welcome back to another episode of OTR Playlist. And on this week's show, we're going to be listening to three episodes from the Abbott and Costello radio show. But before we get into those episodes, uh, just a little announcement. Uh, last week, Ferg put out a show. And uh, we were going to take turns putting shows out. But we decided, you know what? Let's just do it together. We'll get together, uh, introduce the shows, and uh, it'd just be more fun that way, I think. So with me is Ferg. Ferg, what's going on, bud? Hey, Sean. Thanks for having me, and thanks for letting me uh, help you with the show. I really enjoyed putting the first episode together, and I'm glad we can uh, talk together with the, the new episodes that we're going to be putting out. Absolutely, and I thank you because uh, I had not put an episode out since <laughs> since last Christmas, and I kept meaning to, and... Uh, it just, uh, I bought a house and things just happened. Life yeah. was happening. So, no, yeah, uh, I you, understand. But, uh, and you're, you're new to OTR basically, aren't you? Basically, um, one thing I did remember was that, um, I used, I had a job working for a university and, uh, every other weekend I'd have to drive a truck to deliver stuff and the truck only had AM radio. So it was a Saturday afternoon when I have to drive the truck and the only thing that I could get in was, OTR programs. I, I had totally forgotten about that until the past couple of weeks, and I remember them. They would play like uh, was it Baby Snooks? Does that sound familiar? I don't know that one. The Bickersons they used to play, but I I enjoyed it at the time, but I didn't really get into it because at the time there was no I didn't have internet, and uh, there wasn't anywhere really to find the stuff unless you went to a bookstore and you got a cassette or something like that. But right. uh, but yeah, just recently I, I mean I listened to the episode you put out last year because. I love Christmas and I love that movie and I wanted to hear what the radio version sounded like and I really enjoyed it and uh, but I didn't really pick up on anything since then and it just in the last couple of weeks I don't know what it was I just want to want to listen to it a lot and I listened to all all your uh, back episodes and really enjoyed those and just want to get into it more and this is a good way for me to do that so I appreciate it thank you for that. Yeah, well, I'm glad. I mean, because like I said, I've been talking for weeks now that I was going to bring it back, and uh, it's funny because I was actually going to bring it back with with this episode, uh, but I just kept putting it off. So it was perfect when you uh, approached me to do the Abbott and Casello show. Yeah. Um, but I do want to I want to give a shout out to the the podcast that uh, you told me kind of steered you back to listening to OTR. Okay, it's called um, You Must Remember This. It's a uh, podcast about old Hollywood. It's not in they talk about, well, it's it's one person, uh, Karina Longworth. Um, I'm not sure. Uh, I know she does. Um, she writes for a magazine or an online thing. I can't remember what it was, but I heard about her on another podcast, and they mentioned the show, and I was like, oh, that sounds interesting. It's stories about old Hollywood, basically. And uh, that's what kind of got me into wanting to listen to the OTR playlist. And then I thought you might be interested in it. I wasn't sure how you would feel about the format of it, but... You seem to like it too, right? Oh, I love it. Yeah. I, I, I crammed a bunch of episodes today uh, because I wanted to, I'm like, well, what is this podcast that made you want to go listen to some OTR? And, uh, the product, yeah, she, the production is great. Uh, she does tons of research. You can tell she's, she's a writer. I mean, it's just, it's, she, she does, I believe she does the writing, the, uh, producing, the editing, yeah. everything on, she on does the show. Everything, yeah. yeah. So. Definitely, uh, I'll put a link for that in the show, but uh, everyone should check that out. If you if you like old time radio, you're gonna you're definitely gonna like that. Yeah, it's really good. So so let's get into. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about uh, Abbott and Costello. What what is your relationship with with the uh, show? Did, were you 
Did, did you even know they had a radio show or a TV show, or are you I, more like a fan of the movies? Well, I started out with the movies. They, um, I think it was, if I remember right, Channel 11 in New York. I lived in New Jersey at the time and when I was a kid, and every Sunday they would play an Abner Costello movie at 11.30. And I, we, as a family, would go to church, we'd get home around 11 o'clock, and then I would watch Abner Costello and go out and play at 1 o'clock. And every week, same thing. And... Eventually, that just one day it went away. I didn't know why. I was still interested in watching it, but uh, uh, they stopped playing them. I don't know why. But then uh, years later, I found out that they had a TV show, and I was able to catch some of those. I think maybe it was on like Nick at Night or something. I can't remember. But then um, uh, just recently, I discovered they had a radio show. I think I knew that they did, but I never really listened to any episodes of it before, you know, a couple weeks ago. And, uh, it, they're really good. <laughs> I love listening to them. Uh, the, uh, some of the I haven't listened to a lot of o, OTR, as you know, but uh, it seems like they're they're more um, Emma Costello kind of play up the mistakes and stuff, which mm-hmm. I really find funny. Like in one of the episodes today, uh, Bud Abbott cannot stop giggling to himself, which is really it's just endearing to me because it's he's not the giggling type, you know. <laughs> Yeah, and I believe there's also a part where uh, where Lou's li- he forgets his lines or something, and he even says, "No, really, I I forgot the line or something yeah. like that." Uh, or it could have been another episode. I've listened to to a few more so, um, but but yeah, and you know, it was the same for me. I I had no idea of a radio show. I had no idea that they did a TV show, but um, I caught a few movies, and some of the ones that I had seen, and I haven't seen them since I was a kid. But uh, was I remember Jack and the Beanstalk, which was from 1952. Yeah, that was one of their last ones, I think. 52. Well, well, they did... Uh, I remember The Mummy. They met The Mummy. Right. Now, when I looked that up, that says 1958. Really? Um, yeah, which oh. I thought it would have been a lot earlier around The Meet the Frankenstein, which was 48. Yeah, that was a good one. Uh, so maybe I misread the uh, the date on that. But uh, And the other one that I remember seeing parts of was uh, Abbott and Costello Go to Mars. Oh, yeah. 1953. <laughs> So, and a lot of these things you can go to archive.org, which is where we get most of our old time radio shows that uh, we put on here. Right. Uh, if you go to archive.org, do a search for Abbott Costello, you'll find, uh, I believe, uh, Meet the Mummy is actually on there full. Uh, but there's a lot of, um, and Jack and the Beanstalk is on there. I know that's on there for sure. Oh, okay. But there, but there are a lot of the uh, trailers for the movies, which yeah. are cool because they're, they're, they're so different than the trailers now. Um, Say you have like a two minute trailer. There's there's not as much talking. It's just more action. You see what's going on in the movie, so it's kind of hard to listen to it on something like this. Right. But, um, <laughs> but uh, they're, they're they're pretty funny. So yeah. Um. But this uh, the, the radio show it uh, was sponsored by Camel Cigarettes. Mm-hmm. Uh, ran from uh, October of 1942 to 1947, uh, and they started their TV show, I believe, in 1952. I think it was 51. Was it 51? Yeah. Okay. I think they changed... Uh, uh, networks, I think. Networks, that's right, yes. They changed networks from... Uh, I think they were... Were they on ABC first or CBS? No, they were on NBC first, and I think they, uh, they changed networks, and then they moved to TV. So basically, the yeah. TV was like a... Uh, more like a sitcom, but it, it had a lot of bits in it, like the, uh, the radio show did. All right, well, uh, so we have three episodes, and... Uh, What's the uh, first episode that we're going to be listening to? The first episode uh, is from October 15th. That's actually the uh, 
second broadcast episode, 1942, and it uh, co-stars Marlena Dietrich. And that is based around uh, bank robbery, I believe, if I remember right. <laughs> and the uh, the uh, second episode we're going to be hearing is from 111644, uh, when Lou goes back to his uh, childhood school at public school 15. Right. And then the third episode is from June 19th, 1947, and uh, apparently... Joe DiMaggio was on the uh, disabled list for the Yankees, and Lou is going to take his place on the team. And, of course, you're going to hear the famous who's on first bit in this show. So we got three good episodes. Sit back, relax, listening to uh, a little Abner Costello. that's first in the service presents the Abbott and Costello program. With the music of Lee Stevens and his orchestra, the songs of Connie Haynes and the Camel Quintet, tonight's guest, Miss Marlena Dietrich, and starring Bud Abbott and Lou Costello. Hey, Abbott! Oh, Costello. Oh, Abbott, will you stop that noise? What are you doing here in the studio dressed in your bathing suit? Well, I spent all day trying to get my car out of the swimming pool. What was it doing there? Don't you read the papers, Abbott? The government says you have to pool your car. Uh. <laughs> no, you dummy. They mean share the ride. You have to pick up people. Oh, I did that yesterday. I picked up Helen, Mary, Rosie, and Josie. But your car holds more than that. Yeah, but now they only allow you four gals a week. Costello, where have you been all week? What have you been doing? Oh, boy, have I been having fun with Connie Haynes? No kidding. Last Saturday, I took her to a football game. What a game! What excitement! Any passes? No. Her mother was with us. <laughs> and another thing happened, there was a man sitting next to us with a six-month-old baby. All afternoon, the kid was crying. He was so hungry. Well, didn't the father bring a bottle? Yeah, but the kid wanted milk. <laughs> Finally, to shut the kid up, I give him a penny. Well, did that keep him quiet? Yeah, but he kept waving the penny in front of my binoculars. It ruined the game. How did it ruin the game? All afternoon, Lincoln was playing in the backfield. <laughs> no, no. Well, forget the football game. Much better this afternoon, huh? Yes, yes, yes. A lot better. We've got we've got other things to worry about. You know, our announcer Ken Niles is complaining because he didn't have enough to do last week. Isn't that right, Ken? Yes, it is. <laughs> After all, I could give the program a lift. <laughs> I'm a shot in the arm. You said it. You're a dope. <laughs> now, don't be silly, Costello. Niles is very popular. Why, sure. Right after the broadcast last week, a lot of women chased me up Hollywood Boulevard, and one of them caught me and threw her arms around my neck. I saw that. You did? Yeah. Why did you snatch her pocketbook? <laughs> now, cut it out, Costello. Now, I talked to Ken's wife, and she says uh, he should have more lines. She says he's got talent. She says he's terrific. She says he's colossal. She says this. She says that. I don't care what his wife says. Well, I do. My wife is a wonderful person. She's as necessary to me as, a, as an umbrella in a rainstorm. I'll take the umbrella. It's easier to shut up. No. <laughs> now, why don't you be reasonable, Costello? Mrs. Niles is a very sweet girl. Yes, she is. You know, she's a great deal like Sonia Henny. You mean you have to keep her on ice? <laughs> Please. Are you folks hearing us? Now, wait a minute. Just a minute. Now, that isn't fair, Costello. Now, let's get together here. Give Ken a chance to show what he can do. Okay. Well, yeah. Thanks, bud. I, I, I'd like to read a little a tidbit that I just happened to bring along. Oh, this is going to murder you. 
Uh, one night as I sat rocking, rocking on my chamber floor, came a knocking, gentle knocking, knocking on my chamber door. Quoth the raven, nevermore. Quoth the raven, nevermore. There, how'd you like that? Don't look now, but the raven just laid a nape. <laughs> hello, everybody, and uh, hello, my fat little sugar man. Oh, this voice of this kid is temporaneous. Shh, quiet, quiet. Hello, Connie. Mr. Costello, honey, I'd like you and Mr. Abbott to meet someone. This is my Aunt Ruby. Uh, hello, nice to meet you. Hi, Aunt Ruby. How do you like California? Connie doesn't have enough to do. Wait a minute. After all, I... I listened to the program last week and there should be more music. Connie ought to sing four or five songs. There's nothing but talk on the program. And who wants to hear a lot of talk, 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 talk? Talk, 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 talk. Hold your hat. Here comes another race. After all, Mr. Costello, I taught Connie to sing. Why, even I sang in New York, Philadelphia, Cincinnati, Cleveland, Chicago. What about St. Louis? They beat the Yanks. Ha-ha, ha-ha. I really... Yeah. I really struck you out that time. You struck me out, eh? Mm-hmm. And you're just the old bat that can do it. Now, yeah. Wait a minute. Now, just a second, Costello. You can't talk like that to Connie's Aunt Ruby. Maybe she's right. Maybe this program needs more singing. Exactly. Everyone loves singing. Something like this. All through the night, there's a little brown with singing. Oh, well, of course. You know, I just had my tonsils taken out. Have them put back in. <laughs> Costello, what right have you got to criticize? What do you know about singing? Now, look, Abbott, if I hadn't come from such a large family, I'd have been a great singer. What did the large family have to do with it? I could never get in the bathroom. Oh, no. Come on, Costello, make up your mind. Are you going to give Niles and Connie more to do or not? Why should I? If I give them more to do, the first thing you know, even the sound man will want more to do. And why shouldn't I? What did I have on last week's program? Nothing. Not even a door slam. I understand doors. I know doors inside and out. I talk to doors, and they talk to me. What do you hear from the mouth? <laughs> ah, well may you laugh. Little do you know how important every little sound is to me. Even the sound of a moth chewing on an overcoat. Like this. <laughs> What's that funny sound? That's the moth spitting out the buttons. I... <laughs> Don't you think sounds are fascinating? Here is a sample of my day. When work is through, I walk home at night in the rain. I open the door. I go in and shut the door. Then I walk upstairs in the rain. It's raining in the house? Yes, we're waiting for a government ceiling. <laughs> you must have a better writer than us, huh? I imagine so. I jump into bed and sleep. It's morning. What a night! <laughs> I've got to catch the train. I kiss my wife before I go to the office. My wife kisses me. I kiss her and she kisses me. Uh, wait I... a minute. What about the office? With a wife like that, why should he go to the office? <laughs> Costello. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah. Uh, how's your spelling this week? I can spell anything. Okay. Spell crumpets. Crumpets. Yeah, crumpets. Crumpets. Yeah. K. No. no crumpets. C R U M P E S. Oh, uh, uh, wait a minute. You left out the T. Today, I gotta have crumpets without T. Well, why? I lost my sugar ration card. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, uh, wait a minute. Look, Ration's Lou. Ration's cost. Yeah. Uh, look, anyway. Ration. ration or ration. Look, around here, you can't forget any teas. Why not? Well, because with us, it's important. In fact, with any cigarette smoker, T ought to be one of the most important letters in the alphabet. Is that right? Why, sure. T stands for taste and throat. That's anybody's own personal proving ground for cigarettes. The T zone. Now, of course, most people have tried camels. But have you tried them lately, since you've been smoking more? Give Camels the T-Zone test now. Ask your taste about Camels flavor. You'll find it wears well, doesn't go flat. Ask your throat about Camels mildness. It's the best judge you can find. Thousands of smokers who are making their own T-Zone test advise Camels suit them to a T. Just remember that you're the one who's doing your smoking. For steady pleasure, try Camels. You'll find they're slow-burning, cooler-smoking, richer-tasting, milder, better. Because camels are expertly and matchlessly blended of costlier tobaccos. So take a tip from your T-Zone. Your throat and your taste will tell you. Camels, get a pack tonight. You'll want to buy a carton tomorrow. gentlemen. Oh, quiet. Abbott. What's the matter? Hey, look. Look what I got. Look at all the money. Wait a minute, Costello. Where did you get that roll of bills? I went outside for a minute. Just when I reached the corner, a guy ran out of the bank with a bag full of money. And he gave me some. He gave it to you? Mm-hmm. What did he look like? I couldn't tell. He had such a bad cold, he had a handkerchief tied across his nose. <laughs> well, you dumb cluck, that was a mess. The man was a bank robber. Oh, I don't think so, Abbott. He was the president. He offered to sell me the bank for a squawk. Sell you the bank for a squawk? Yeah, he said, one squawk out of you and I'll give you the business. <laughs> of all the dumbbells, why didn't you go into the bank and investigate? I did go in. And what a way to run a business. I walked in and a couple of clerks were playing hide and seek. That's ridiculous. Honest. One guy was hiding in the closet. The other guy was under the counter. There was nobody around to play with him. 
Then there was another guy. What other guy? He was trying to do tricks. Trying to do tricks? Yeah, he was laying on the floor trying to escape from a lot of ropes. And you thought he was playing a game? Find time to play games. Ah, yeah. Especially when he had a toothache. He didn't have a toothache. No, then why did he have a plaster across his mouth? The man had a gag in his mouth. If he did, he never got a chance to tell it. (laughs) You should have taken the plaster off his mouth. I did. And right away, the guy started worrying about his... Rationing card. Worrying about his rationing card. Yeah, he started yelling, they took the sugar. They took the sugar. No, 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 Costello. The man man was yelling because he was stuck up. Stuck up? Sure. A fine time to get a swelled head. No. Somebody might have robbed the place. He did rob the place. Look, was there anybody with him? Just a woman. A woman. Why didn't you mention her before? She didn't appeal to me. Oh. Did you pinch her? No. Then you should have held her. If I'd have held her, I'd have pinched her. You idiot. I'll help it. Do you realize that by keeping the money and letting the crooks get away, you've made yourself an accomplice? Ken Niles, turn on the radio. Maybe we'll get a police report. Hurry up. Okay, bud. Okay. Hey, you hear that, Abbott? What's that? There's a message. Well, what does it say? Attention all citizens. The Fifth National Bank has just been held up by Black Pete and his gang of desperate bandits. When last seen, the gang was headed for their hideout at Deadpan Gulch. Also at large is their accomplice, described as five feet tall. Five feet wide, that is all. That's me, Mr. Five by Five. (laughs) Costello, you know the police are after you. Now you've got to capture that gang to clear yourself. Uh, Now you can't do it alone, so call a posse. That's the thing. Okay. Hip, pushy, pushy, uh, pushy. No, 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 Hip, no, no. pushy. No, Lou, please. Deadpan Gulch is the, in the heart of the cattle country. It's the home of the western bandits and cattle rustlers. Then I'm just a guy, Abbott. I became a three-letter man chasing cattle rustlers. Oh, how could you become a three-letter man chasing cattle rustlers? I sat on a branding iron. <laughs> but does that cause you to catch the rustlers? Catch them? I passed them. <laughs> but this is going to be a long trip. Now, you'll have to get an outfit. What are you going to wear? I'll wear a ten-gallon hat, a tan shirt, a leather belt, and a bloodhound. What pants? The bloodhound. No, all right. Never mind the outfit. And another thing you'll need is a horse. Have you got a horse? Have I got a horse? Yes. I got a horse, and he's my pal. Well, that's swell. I eat with my horse. That's wonderful. I drink with my horse. I even sleep with my horse. You sleep with your horse? I got it. It's his blanket. (laughs) Now, tell me, can you ride a horse? Sure, I can ride a horse. One time, Abbott, I rode two horses at once. Standing up. Mm-hmm. I had my right foot on one horse, my left foot on the other horse. All of a sudden, we came to a fork in the road. Each horse went in a different direction. That was a laugh. Yeah, I thought I'd split. I... <laughs> well, never mind. The first thing the first thing you have to do is find the bandit's trail. When you do, you leap into the saddle and away you go. Your face is stern, your grip is sure, your clutch is firm. How's my transmission? All right, I'll answer. Please keep quiet. Then you ride. You ride out across the prairie. You ride for hours and hours on end. That sounds logical. Don't interrupt, please. <laughs> you ride and you ride until your trousers are worn thin. Finally, there you are. I knew I'd come through. Yeah. <laughs> well, Costello, what are you going to do? Are you going out after the bandits? Are you going to clear your name? I'm going to clear my name, Abbott. a boy. I'll do it. I know it was in you. I'm going to get it out of me right now. Come on. I'll get them, bandits. But just tell me one thing. If I get killed, what's going to happen to that little fellow that depends on me? The poor little fellow won't get anything to eat anymore. That poor little fellow wouldn't even have a roof over his head. If anything happens, Abbott, it'll kill him. The poor little fellow. Costello. Who is the poor little fellow? Me? (laughs) 
with the Campbell Quintet to sing a new tune of the Old West, Cow Cow Boogie. Out on the plains down near Santa Fe, I met a cowboy riding the range one day, and as he jogged along, I heard him singing a most peculiar cowboy song. It was a ditty he learned in the city. Come a ya ya, come a yip to the Get along, get hip, better go get, get along. Better be on your way, get along. Really? 
Oh, Marlena Dietrich. lovely face. That face has made a fortune. Yeah, it runs into a nice figure. <laughs> Hello, boys. Hello, boys. How big are men where you come from? <laughs> Welcome to the Red Dog Cafe. Did you like my song? What do you think of my range? Your range is lovely. In fact, I like your whole kitchen. <laughs> oh, you flatter me. You're probably tired after your long trip. How about a drink? Okay. I'll have a Crosby cocktail. What's that? One drink and then bing. <laughs> With your personality, I would suggest straight corn. <laughs> what a fresh kid. Just a minute, Marlena. You see, neither one of us is a drinking man. Do you have anything a, a little milder? I'll try a drink of this very mild wine. Now, that sounds better. I'll try it. <laughs> Just a minute. What's... What's the matter? I don't understand. That wine is made here by the Hoppy Indians. <laughs> hoppy Indians? One of the Indians are still hopping in it. <laughs> Costello, that's silly. Come on. Let's go over and watch the boys play roulette. Yes. Or perhaps you both would rather play a game with me. Poker, Farrell, Blackjack. I'd rather play post office. But that's a kid's game. Not the way I play it. <laughs> Oh, little fat man, I could go for someone like you. You could? Yes. Do you know someone? Sure. I could. <laughs> what a fresh kid, Abbott! Now, look, keep quiet, Costello. Don't talk like that to Marlene. She may know where Black Pete is. Try to win her confidence. Turn on the charm, you know. I'll turn on the charm. Okay, watch me. Marlena, my love, I adore you. You do. Yeah. Marlena, will you let me be your slave? Will you let me do something for you that I have never done for any other woman? What's that? Will you let me press your slacks? <laughs> Costello, will you stop that? You just don't know how to handle these Western girls. Oh, yes, I do, Abbott. Marlena, one time I was in love with a bullying cow girl. She was too bullying to round up the cattle. What do you mean? Well, she had a terrible time getting her calves together. What are you talking about, Costello? You've never even been in love with a girl. Yes, I was. I can see her now. She always wore cotton stockings. Cotton stockings? What happened to her? Nothing. <laughs> but of all the girls I got tattooed on my chest... On your chest? Marlena, I love you the best. The best? Better than the rest. The rest? In the West. The West? On my chest. On your chest? There's an echo in the joint. <laughs> well, there's no question about it, Costello. Marlena Dietrich just can't be bothered with a man like you. Marlena, is that true? Oh, Lou. If you only had the eyes of Clark Gable. Yes. The nose of Tyrone Power. Yes, yes. The chin of Gary Cooper. Yes. The face. The face of who? That's all. If you only had a face. <laughs> you know, the kids get nervous. Now, look here, Costello. We're wasting time. Did you forget why we came to Deadpan Gulf? 
We've got to find Black Pete's hideout. Black Pete? He's the most dangerous character in these parts. Oh, he don't bother me. But he's very tough. He eats little men like you every morning when he gets up. That's me, the breakfast of champions. <laughs> but, Lou, why don't you give up this mad search? It can only lead to your death. I think you got something there, kid. Hey, Abbott, I am scared. Ain't you scared? No, I'm not scared. Then why are you biting my nails? <laughs> but no matter what happens, I'm going after Black Pete, Marlena. And if I die, I want you to take this shirt of mine as a keepsake. But suppose you don't die. Then wash it and have it back by Monday. <laughs> and no starch in the collar, either. Listen, Costello, cut out the foolishness. Now we line up everybody in the room until we find our man. That's right, Abbott. Everybody line up and empty out your pockets. Why are you making them empty their pockets? I lost my yo-yo. Now, wait a minute, boys. It's not necessary to look any further. I am Black Pete. You are? What a fresh kid! What a stale plot. I think you got something there. Marlena, I still don't believe all this is true. It is true. I took the money from the bank. But I did not steal it. It was my own money. It was my pin money. A hundred thousand dollars pin money? I have very expensive pins. <laughs> if you don't believe me, I'll show you. Mm. I have all the money right here in my stocking. Look. Abbott, what a cute bank. What a place to make a deposit. <laughs> oh, Marlena, if I give you all my money from the bank, will you put it in your other stocking? Certainly. Costello, don't be an idiot. Your money is safer in the bank. Why do you want to put it in her stocking? Because that's where it's going to draw the most citrus. Before we hear from Abbott and Costello again, do you want to find out how hitting ground feels to a paratrooper? Well, just hop off the top of a truck going 15 miles an hour. But don't try that until you're as husky as an all-American halfback and as nimble as a circus tumbler. Even then, you'd have to learn plenty to qualify for the shoot troops, fighters as tough as any in the world. And whether your job is to dangle in midair from silk cords or whether you're making the shoots, you want to get the most out of your off-duty moments. Take Helen Lynch, for instance. She works at the Pioneer Parachute Company, making some of the shoots used by our paratroopers. Like so many of us, Miss Lynch is smoking more these days, and she sticks to camels. She said, quote, Package after package, camels never tire my taste or wear out their welcome. They have such a rich, full flavor, and they're so easy on my throat. Unquote. Camel is first in the service. Actual sales records in post exchanges and canteens show that with men in the Army, the Navy, the Marine Corps, and the Coast Guard, camel is the favorite. Why is that? Well, just ask your own throat and taste. Camels have a full, rich flavor, the kind that wears well, doesn't go flat. Camels are milder, too, and cooler smoking because they're slow burning. The big reason behind this camel goodness is costlier tobaccos, blended in the years-old camel tradition of quality tobacco blending. If you're smoking more these days, try camels. Your throat and your taste will tell you. Camels, get a fact tonight. Send the carton to that fellow in the service.
a word about next week's program. You'll hear more music from Lee Stevens and the orchestra, more songs by Connie Haynes and the Camel Quintet, and a gripping, dramatic story of life in the squared circle with our guest star, John Garfield. Now, here is a short preview of next week's program. Thousands of people are assembled in Madison Square Garden. All eyes are focused on the two fighters in the center of the ring, Killer Garfield and Cupid Costello. There is a terrific exchange of blows. The crowd is on its feet. Costello is on his face. Get up! Get up off your knees and quit playing with those marbles. What marbles? I'm picking up my feet! Be sure to tune in next Thursday night at the same time for another big comedy show starring Bud Abbott and Lou Costello with John Garfield as our guest. Brought to you with the compliments of Camel Cigarettes. Camel presents three great radio shows each week. Abbott and Costello on Thursday night. On Friday night, it's the Camel Caravan with Lanny Ross, Herb Schreiner, Xavier Cougat, and Our Town. And Monday night, Blondie. Marlena Dietrich, who appeared with us tonight, has just completed a new universal picture, Pittsburgh, with John Wayne and Randolph Scott. And here's the latest news about the Camel Caravans, those swell traveling shows that entertain our boys in the Army camps. Fifteen Army and Navy training stations will be visited this week, including Camp Gordon, Georgia, Camp Pendleton, California, and Camp Cross, South Carolina. This is Ken Niles speaking for the makers of Camel Cigarettes and wishing you all a very pleasant good night. see a pipe wearing a muzzle? No, sir, and you never will, because that won't keep it from biting. thing to do is get Prince Albert, the brand that's no bite treated for real smoke in comfort. Another thing, PA's crimp cut, and that means it packs firm and easy and gives you cool one-match burning. You'll find around 50 mild, rich-tasting pipe folds in every handy pocket package of Prince Albert. Try PA for pipe appeal. You'll agree it's the national joy smoke. This program has come to you from Hollywood. This is the National Broadcasting Company. Where will we find the mummy? Don't worry, the mummy will find you. You'll howl as you follow Bud and Lou in a strange land where exotic dancers perform ancient rituals. You'll scream at this mystic world of mad magic and uproarious adventure. Does this mean anything to you? It means death to whoever holds it. Starring Bud Abbott and Lou Costello, with sultry Marie Windsor giving you your first look inside Costello. Turn off the lights. Let's stop fooling and cut them open. And Peggy King, George Goebel's TV girlfriend. You blew in from the Middle West and certainly impressed the population hereabouts. Imagine Lou trying to be charming to a snake. And Bud at the end of his rope. Stop blowing! Your nerves will jangle as they tangle with terror, meddle with murder, ah! and try to elude a curse 4,000 years old. Ah! 
The Abbott and Costello program brought to you by Camel, the cigarette that's first in the service according to actual sales records. See if your throat and your taste don't make Camel a first with you, too. Find out for yourself. Listen to the great rhythms of Freddie Rich and his orchestra, the swingy singing of Connie Haynes. And that lad whose message loud and clear each Thursday rings into your ear. All right, Costello, Costello, come here. You're all excited. I like me. You're all excited. What? What's the thing you've got there? Huh? It looks like a telegram. Where did you get it? Oh, a fellow in a long green underwear gave it to me. A fellow in a long green underwear? Yeah, he was wearing a Western Union suit. Ah, uh, yes, dummy. That was a <laughs> that was a messenger boy. And that's a telegram. What does it say? It don't say nothing, Abbott. I can't see a thing. Well, you dope. You haven't even opened the envelope. Oh, do you have to open it? Uh, I, I thought you were supposed to peek through this little window in the front. <laughs> Give me that telegram. I'll read it. Hey, hey, look, Costello. What? It's from your hometown. Patterson, New Jersey? Patterson, New Jersey. Oh, boy! Can you imagine? Look, it says, Dear Louis Costello. Oh, yeah. Abbott, look yeah. at the way they spell Louis. What do you mean? L-O-U-S-E. I, uh... <laughs> that's, that's my hometown. Quiet, Costello. This telegram is from your old grade school in Patterson. Public school 15. Oh, boy. Good old PS-15. My old alma mattress. Uh, no, no, no. No, you mean alma mater. A mattress is something you lie on. I know. I laid around that school for ten years. <laughs> well, what do they want with me, Abbott? Well, the telegram goes on to say, uh, let's see now. We are proud of you, Mr. Costello, and the whole school will greatly be honored if you would come to Patterson this Saturday night and appear in our annual school play, signed by the principal, J. Soiloff Wallpaper. How do you like that, Abbott? Boy, oh boy, I knew my old school would send for me someday. Sure they would. I was always the hero of my school. I'll never forget Coach Abel Green. What do you mean? And those kids I played with, Michael Varello. What did they Those do? were the kids. Huh? We had a real team in that. I was even the captain of the tug-of-war team. Wait a minute. What did you do on the tug-of-war team? I was the second jerk from the end. I... <laughs> Yes, yes, but I can't... I don't get that. I don't either. Look, I can't understand why that school would send for you to appear in a play. What do you know about grammar? About what? Uh, do you understand grammar? No, not since she got a new false teeth. No, no. <laughs> Even Grandpa can't understand her. Now, Costello, Costello, I'm talking about dramatic acting. Did you ever do anything dramatic in school? Oh, did I? I used to get up, and I used to excite poetry. You did? Get a load of this little gem, which I wrote myself. Let's hear it. And roses are red, and violets are purple, sugar is sweet, and so is maple syrple. Uh, well, <laughs> come on. Maple syrple, that rhymes, don't it? Well, what about it? But maple syrple, what is that? You, what is maple syrple? What is maple syrple? Maple syrple is the stuff you put on flannel cakes. Okay, look. Talk sense. Now, if you're going to Patterson, New Jersey, we've got to get down to the railroad station right away. Come on. Okay, come on. <laughs> All right now, Costello, let's get our tickets for Patterson. We've got to find a comfortable place to sleep on the train. Oh, I never have any trouble, Abbott. I got a system. I eat garlic before I get on a train. What has garlic got to do with finding a place to sleep? I just breathe in the conductor's face, and he gives me a wide berth. I, oh, I'll oh, be sensible. Well, here's the ticket window. 
Uh, I beg your pardon, sir. Uh, we're going to Patterson. Uh, could you tell us how the trains run? Oh, yes. There's a big black thing that pulls them, and it goes choo-choo and... <laughs> this guy's been drinking too much of that traveler's aid. <laughs> Look. Look. <laughs> you better let, let me handle this, Costello. I think I better because right. I lost my place. All right, never mind that. <laughs> Look. In order to say... Say, hello, come here. Go ahead. I, I got it. All right, look, look, I'll take care of everything. Don't worry about a thing. In order to save money, I think we'd better get a couple of upper berths. Oh, but I don't want an upper. I want a lower. But, Costello, do you realize that if you buy a lower, you'll find it's much higher than an upper? Oh, sure. I mean, after all, any... What'd you say? I, I, I said that a lower is higher than an upper. A lower is higher than an upper? Why, certainly. Well, what are they doing? Running the trains upside down? Of course not. The lower is a more desirable berth. Therefore, if you want to go lower, you'll have to go higher. If I want to go lower, I'll have to go higher? Yes. Why should I go higher when I want to go lower? Not, uh, simply because if you want to go lower, you have to go higher. Because the lower is higher than the upper. And the reason the lower is higher than the upper is because the upper is higher up than the lower. Oh! You mean that the upper is lower than the lower yes. because the lower is higher than the upper? Now you've got it. Now I've got it. I don't even know what I'm talking about. Costello, I'm trying to tell you that they sell the upper lower than the lower because when you sleep in an upper, you have to get up to go to bed. I have to get up to go to bed? That's right. <laughs> Who's paying for my birth? You are. And there ain't going to be anybody in it but me? No. Then why do I have to get up? Uh, Costello, look, I've already explained it. Unless you go higher for a lower, then you're stuck with an upper. And you'll have to get up when you go to bed. And you'll have to get down when you want to get up. Abbott. What? Let me smell your breath. Oh. Hey, friends, would you like to do me a... Well, I was just about to say, do me a favor, but actually, I should say, do yourself a favor. Or maybe do your throat and your taste a flavor. Let them judge for themselves which cigarette best agrees with them. Let them answer the question you have so often asked yourself about which cigarette is best for you. Let your throat try Camel's kind, cool mildness. Let your taste sample that rich, full flavor. Because your T-zone, that's T for taste and T for throat, can tell you more about Camel's in one puff than I can in ten programs. C-A-M-E-L-S. Camel's, a superb blend of costlier tobaccos. Freddie Rich plays a hit tune of today, but for many of you, it is also a hit of other years. Freddie revives Sweet and Lovely.
Bar Costello in good old Patterson, New Jersey. Yeah, Abbott. And here's my old school. Do tell. P.S. 15. As I stand here looking at this whole building, I think of the happy days I spent here as a boy. How long did you go to school, Costello? You mean counting kindergarten? Yes. One year. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, come on, let's find the principal's office and see what time we start rehearsing for the school play tonight. Hey, what do you mean? What time we start rehearsing? Not we, me. This is my old school, not yours, Abbott. What do you mean? I'm going to do this play all by myself. I don't need your help. Oh, how can you say that, Costello? Haven't I always given you the best of everything? Why, last, last Sunday when we had a, a double date, I gave you the best girl. What a slick little number you had. Slick number is right. I bent her back in my arms and her hair slid off. All right, look, look. <laughs> just, just cut that out, Costello. Wait a minute. I think this is the principal's office right here. No, no, no. Not that room. What do you no, mean? No, that room is where they have the art class. What do you mean? That's where I learned to draw, Abbott. You did? I was a wonderful drawer. My kid brother, Sebastian, is in there now. He's studying to be a drawer, too. Well, that'll be nice. Just think of it. The Costello brothers. A pair of drawers. <laughs> Look, never mind that. Where is the principal's office? Oh, I don't quite remember, Abbott. But look, look. Here's my old first grade's room. First grade room? Yeah. Hey. Well, why don't you go in and say hello to your old teacher? Oh, I don't think Miss Sashwaite would remember me. I wonder if she's as fat as she used to be. Why, was she very fat? Fat. Every time she turned around, she used to erase the back blackboard. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I said it. All right, all right. Well, go ahead. Open the door and see if she remembers you after all these years. Okay. Boy, will she be surprised to see me. Miss Ashwaite! Miss Ashwaite! Yes? Don't you remember me? I'm Lou Costello. Oh, and where were you all day yesterday? <laughs> yesterday? I haven't been here for 15 years. If you're absent one more day, you'll have to bring a note from your mother. <laughs> Just a minute, Miss Ashwaite. I'm Lou Costello. Don't you remember how 15 years ago I always used to pester you by raising my hand? Yes? Well? You can go now. <laughs> Gee, Miss Hesswaite. Gee, she's changed. I remember when she used to keep me after school to spank her erasers. All right, look. Come on, Costello. Here's the principal's office right over here. Uh, and you'd better let me talk to him. He's a very brilliant man. Go ahead. Uh, <clears throat> how do you do, sir? Are you Professor Wallpaper, the principal? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you can always tell a Harvard man. <laughs> Professor, I understand you want Costello to appear in your school play tonight. Yeah, just a minute. I, I got the telephone tangled in my yo-yo. <laughs> uh, now, if you fellas are looking for the rehearsal of the play, it's right in the next room. Oh, all right. Uh, come on, Costello. Oh, I love you, Millicent, my darling. I love you too, Rodney. Kiss me, my sweet. Oh. Hey, you two, cut that out. Shh, wait a minute. Don't stop them, Costello. That's wonderful acting. They're not acting. That's the janitor and the fourth grade teacher. <laughs> oh, this is ridiculous. Can anybody tell us where they're rehearsing the play, please? Yes, right in the next room. Just ask for the English teacher. He's in charge. Uh, thanks. Oh, I love you, Millicent, my darling. I love you too, Rodney. Kiss me, my sweet. Yeah, but they've been doing that for 15 years. Why don't they get together? Well, she won't marry him when he's drunk, and he won't marry her when he's sober. <laughs> Tetzel, don't tell me that you're teaching in this school, too. Mm, yeah, could be, yeah. <laughs> You know, 
know I'm devoting my whole life to teaching the little kiddies how to speak perfectly the king's English. <laughs> yes, yes, I went to one of the most famous colleges in England. Eaton? Yeah, Eaton and Drinken. <laughs> I had a wonderful time. I was in London once. Yeah. I met a beautiful girl on the street one day. A uh, Piccadilly? I certainly did. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> Look, Kitzel, I understand you're directing the school play tonight. Yes, I am, my friend. You know, my whole family was dramatic coaches. My grandfather was a coach. My father was a coach. My uncle was a coach. Oh, I come from a long line of coaches. And what are you, the caboose? <laughs> well, well, gentlemen, I'll see you tonight at the play. Now I must get back to my pupil. Uh, just a minute, Kitzel. Yeah. Just a minute. Is my... Kid brother Sebastian in your English class? Is that little Sebastian your brother? <laughs> Woo-hoo, is he a bright little chappy? You know, he is speaking the best English from the whole school. Just a second, I'll call him. Sebastian! Hello, Sebastian. Hello. I just wanted to tell you how proud I am of you. Professor Kitzel just told me that you're the best English pupil in his whole class. Is that true? Mm, yeah, could be. <laughs> lovely Connie Haynes and a lovely song together.
You know, radio sure is a wonderful triumph of modern science. But as yet, we haven't found out how to broadcast the flavor of a cigarette over a microphone. Only your own taste can tell you which cigarette you like best. And only your own throat can tell you which cigarette likes you best. So why not give your T-Zone, that's T for throat and T for taste, a chance to judge the cigarette it likes best. Give your taste a chance to try the rich, full flavor of Camel's blend of costlier tobaccos. Give your throat the chance to try Camel's kind, cool mildness. Like millions of smokers, you too may find that your cigarette is... C-A-M-E-L-S. Camel's. Let them tell their own story to your own T-Zone today. Open this door. Here I am, Uncle Bob. Sebastian, what are you doing in your brother's makeup and his costume? What is the meaning of this? Louie has disappeared. Disappeared? Mm-hmm. But don't worry, Uncle Bob. What do you mean? I'm, I'm going out on the stage and I'm going to take his place. And the audience will never know the difference. I put on this big, big putty nose that I got and, and I put on my nose. This big putty nose. But Sebastian, uh, you've got the putty down over the end of your nose. How are you going to smell? All right, unless they turn on the heat. Uh, look, Sebastian, what are you going to do when you get out on that stage? Well, I'm going to tell them a story about Romeo and Juliet. And it was written by William Shakespeare, a very great ether. Ether? Mm-hmm. You mean author. Ether puts people asleep. That's what the story's going to do. Well, uh, all right, as long as Lou isn't here, I, I, I suppose you'll have to do it. Hey, come on, hurry up. The curtain's going up. Come on. Hey, uh... Thank you. Thank you. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I'm about to tell you the story of Romeo and Juliet. Now, I don't want any interruptions from you, Uncle go, Abbott. Go ahead. Let's My hear big the story. brother told me how you interrupt him. Oh, well, go ahead. But don't interrupt me. Tell that story. Don't give me that. Go Just ahead. Go ahead. Me. Go ahead. I lost my place like my big brother. Now, I am. I'm not kidding. Once upon a time, there was a fellow named Romeo. Romeo. What did this Romeo look like? Out of that one. Well, all right. What did he look like? Huh? What did he look like? Well, he, he was about... How do I know what he looked like? I never met the guy. Then why do you tell stories about people you don't even know? Nobody knows Romeo. He's just a guy in a story. He, he's an imaginary character. Oh, you mean he's just a person in fancy. In fancy? In fancy what? In fancy nothing. That's a good way to catch gold. <laughs> now, look. But if you just shut up, I'll tell a story. All right, go ahead. I won't say any more. Okay. All right, go Once ahead. Once upon a time, there was a fellow named Romeo, and he was his father's only son. Well, that's right. He was his father's heir. His what? His father's heir. His father didn't have any hair. <laughs> he was bald-headed. All right, go ahead. Now, don't interrupt me. All right, go ahead. Now, there's a girl in the story, and her name is Juliet, and her father was giving a big party, you know, to kind of uh, sort of shove her into society? Oh, yeah, you mean she was ha- ha- making her debut? I don't know if it was a debut or her nightview. All I know, it was her first party and a lot of people was invited to see her. 
And stuff? I, I, things? Uh, well, you see, the, the folks are coming in uh, to her coming out party. How can you come in to come out? She was inside already. Naturally, she had to come in to come out. What does she want to come out for? She was inside. This wasn't an outdoor affair. All right, all right. All... This was inside. Uh, I know that. You told me that. All right. Well, if people are going to come in to come out, there's no use of going out to come in. All right. Uh... Why don't they stay home? Look, Sebastian, you don't understand. Why don't you stay home? Look, you don't understand, Sebastian. Now, listen, please. Do you want me to tell your big brother on you? Anybody got lozenges? Listen, please. Look, the party brings her out. The party brings her out? That's right. Why should the party bring her out? What did the little girl do? No, 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 no. The party didn't even start. Some guy right away wants to drag her out. No, you don't understand. Why don't they leave the little kid alone? Now, 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 Sebastian. She wasn't drinking. But, listen, Sebastian. Maybe she had one pop. Now, Sebastian. Maybe after all, the kid is okay. All right, all right, all right, all right. All right, go on with the story. Well, look, look, wasn't uh, look, wasn't Romeo invited to this party? Talk longer. Look, wasn't Romeo invited to this party? Is what I want to know, wasn't he? Oh, sure. Oh, that. Sure. No, you see, Juliet's father. Thank you, Mister Bernard. Juliet's father. I need him. Now, come on, Sebastian. Ju- Juliet's father didn't like Romeo, yes. so he had to put on a mask, and he borrowed another guy's clothes, and he went away. Oh, Romeo went in disguise. Yeah, in disguise clothes. I see. All right, all right, I see. You see, Uncle Bud, Romeo and Juliet's father was enemies, and they was fighting for 15 years. They, they didn't like each other. Yeah. Uh, which family uh, brought on the feud? They both brought on the feud, but Romeo wouldn't eat it. He was lovesick. He kept getting thin and pale. Oh, I see. He looked wan. Oh, yeah. He... What did you say? I said, he looked wan. Don't you know what wan is? Yeah, wan is the number before two. Oh, no, 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 no. One, two, a part of my shit. No, 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 no. Wan means picket. Romeo was picket. Oh, sure. He was picket through the keyhole at Juliet. Now, Sebastian... <laughs> Well, if I was there, I'd have peeked it out of her uh, myself. Uh, Sebastian, will you please go on with the play? Well, anyway, every night Juliet used to sit on the balcony. Why did she sit in the balcony? Because she couldn't afford a seat in the orchestra. Sure. All right, all right. And she liked to sit in the balcony. All right, now, don't argue. Up there she could smoke. Oh, yeah, 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 I understand. Put her feet on the rail. Yes, yes, go on, go ahead. So far, so good. Go ahead. One night, I hope I can hold out. All One right. night, Juliet dropped her handkerchief and Romeo picked it up and handed it. To her. And uh, what did uh, Juliet do when Romeo handed her the handkerchief? Uh, she'd done like anybody else. What? 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 Just what? Well, you know what I Wait, mean. Do you she... know the story, don't you? Oh, yes, yeah, she... Well, what did Juliet do when Romeo handed her the handkerchief? You know, like they always... What did she do? She wiped her nose! All right, now, 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 now. Gee, did you have to make me say well, that? Well, all right, never mind. I mean, it's your line. All right, Go look. Ahead. But look, Sebastian, as I remember the story, Romeo had a rival and they fought a duel with lances. Now, what I can't understand is why did the other fella kick Romeo when Romeo dropped his lance? Because he caught Romeo with his lance down. Uh, look, look, that's enough, Sebastian. Stop the play. Stop it. I say, ladies and gentlemen, the play is over. Bring down the curtain. Hey, hey, hey. What's the idea of stopping the play, Uncle Bud? Sebastian, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. Not only have you disgraced your brother Lou, but you stand there and make a monkey out of a great masterpiece. You're ridiculed. Romeo and Juliet, the greatest love story of all time, and you deliberately insult the name of William Shakespeare. Why do you do these wicked things? Oh, I'm a bad boy. Yeah, I'll say you're a bad boy. 
my mother won't let me associate with you. Uh, you certainly are. <laughs> now, come here. Now, where is your brother Lou? I think he might be in the fourth grade classroom, Uncle Bud. What makes you think that? Because I locked him in there before the show. Sebastian, unlock that door and let your brother out. He's probably in there crying his eyes out because he missed the play. Go on, open that door. Okay, Uncle Bud. Go ahead. I love you, Millicent, my darling. And I love you too, Costello. Kiss me, my sweet. Costello. Costello. What are you doing making love with a fourth grade teacher? You know she's the janitor's girl. You're telling me, Abbott. And I'm the new janitor. But... <laughs> but you missed the whole play. Oh, don't worry, Abbott. Millicent and I are going to put on another play tomorrow night. Another play? Yeah, and I'm calling it The Girl Who Eloped with the New Janitor or Gone with the Window Cleaner. I love you, Costello, my sweet. I love you too, Millicent, my sweet. Oh, he's a bad boy! Adam and Costello will be back in a moment. Thanks to the angst of the week, tonight we salute Technical Sergeant George James H. Logan of Luling, Texas who is one of only two men in this war to receive both the Congressional Medal of Honor and the Distinguished Service Cross. In your honor, Sergeant James M. Logan, the makers of camels are sending to our fighters overseas 400,000 camel cigarettes. Each of the three camel radio shows honors a Yank of the Week by sending free 400,000 camel cigarettes overseas, a total of more than a million camels sent free each week. In this country, the camel caravans traveling from camp to camp have thanked audiences of more than four million Yanks with free shows and free camels. Camel broadcasts go out to the United States three times a week, are rebroadcast to our men overseas and to South America. Listen tomorrow to Jimmy Durante and Gary Moore, Monday to Bob Hawk in Thanks to the Yanks, and next Thursday to Abbott and Costello. And before we hear from the boys, I'd like to say... The Merchant Marine needs more men to man the supply lines to victory. And to eligible men, it offers not only a well-paid and worthy present, but a splendid future. In six months' time now, you can make the progress it would have taken you three years to make before Pearl Harbor. Get all the facts. Go to any United States Employment Service office or wire collect to the United States Merchant Marine, Washington, D.C. Now, here are Bud and Lou Costello with a final word. Thanks, Ken. But it's getting a little late, so... All we'll have time to say is just good night, folks. And good night to everybody. Good night to... Bye, Bonds. Bye, Bonds. Good, good night, night, folks. everybody in Patterson, New Jersey. Good night, neighbors. Good night, neighbors. Be sure to tune in next week for another great Abbott and Costello show. And remember, try camels on your throat and your taste. See for yourself how camels' mildness, coolness, and flavor click with you. If you are a hermit living in some lonely cave, don't listen to this, because you're one of the few men in the world who can pack his pipe with any old tobacco he pleases and get away with it. But if you want your pipe to make a hit with people around you as well as yourself, then load up with Prince Albert. That wonderful fragrance, that aged-in-the-wood aroma, gives your pipe real pipe appeal to other folks as well as yourself. Besides that fragrance, Prince Albert has a rich, full-bodied, yet mild flavor. It's no-bite treated for tongue gentleness. It's crimp cut to pack, draw, and burn perfectly. And what a bargain. Just about 50 pipe bowls in one regular two-ounce package. 
more pipes smoke Prince Albert than any other tobacco in the world. The Abbott and Costello Show for Camel Cigarettes will be back at this very same time next week. Don't miss it. This is Ken Niles in Hollywood wishing you a pleasant good night. This is the National Broadcasting Company. Today, the United States plan to claim a whole planet through the most extraordinary expedition of our time, a flight through space by rocket ship. I hereby claim Mars in the name of the United States of America. Yes, Bud Abbott and Lou Costello go to Mars in the funniest movie on Earth. You'll howl when their misguided missile lands them on the manless planet Venus amid acres and acres of gorgeous man-hungry girls. Man, oh man. What is it? I could be wrong, but I think it's a man. That's a man? Life at home was never like this. The laughs at the movies were never so wild. Bud and Lou are really out of this world when they run riot with Marie Blanchard and the Miss Universe beauties in Abbott and Costello Go to Mars, the maddest adventure that ever happened at your movie theater. That's right, folks. C for comedy, A for Abbott, M for Maxwell, E for Ennis, L for Lou Costello. Put them all together and they spell camel. Experience is the best teacher. Try a camel. Let your own experience tell you why more people are smoking camels than ever before. And draw up a chair for tonight's camel show starring Bud Abbott and Lou Costello. I'm just making out a list of girls I'm going to kiss next week. Here's who I got picked out. Lizzie Schwartz, Maggie Mugglemeyer, Tessie Tinfoil, Lana Turner. Now, wait a minute. Lana Turner wouldn't kiss you. Oh, no? Oh, no. Then I'll scratch her off my list. I love you. You dummy, always thinking of girls. Girls, girls, girls. Great men don't waste their time on girls. Where do you suppose Benjamin Franklin would have been if he'd have thought of girls all of the time? In the front row at Earl Carroll's? No, no, no. Costello, I've been telling you for the past three weeks. You've got to quit chasing girls and get yourself a job. Look at you. Look how sloppy you are. Look at your socks. I can't help my socks, Abbott. It's those new Hickok plastic garters. What's the matter with them? Your stock socks stay up, but your legs fall down. Yeah. Costello, telegraph for Luke Costello. Here, boy. Out of the way, fatso. I'm looking for Luke Costello. Boy, he is Luke Costello. The famous Luke Costello. The one and only Luke Costello. That's me. Gee, I listen to you on the radio every Thursday night. You break me up when you say, How do you do? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. That ain't me. That's the mad Russian. You're saying? (laughs) Who's going to take this telegram? I'll take it. it. It's collect. $14. He'll He'll take take it. it. Don't give it to me. Here, boy. Hey, Costello, this telegram is from Joe DiMaggio. Listen to this. Dear Lou, as you know, I am recovering from a foot operation. I would appreciate you taking my place... Appreciate you taking my place on the New York Yankees until I recover. Please report to the Yankee Stadium immediately. Signed, 
Joe DiMaggio. Abbott. Hey, that's the news. That's the news I've been waiting for. I'm going to be a big league ball player. Yes, DiMaggio probably heard about my playing with the Cucamonga Wildcats last year. (laughs) You a ball player? I don't believe it, Costello. You know nothing about ball. Oh, no, I eat baseball. I live baseball. All night when I'm asleep, I dream about baseball. Don't you ever dream about girls? What, and miss my turn up at bat? Oh! Yes. And another thing, Abbott. What page are you on? Never mind what page you're on. Another thing, Abbott. Not only that, in Patterson, New Jersey, I worked out with a baseball team. I used to stay out till 4 o'clock in the morning. Why did you stay out till 4 o'clock in the morning? This was a girl's baseball team. Costello, <laughs> if you're going to play with the New York Yankees, you really have to know something about big league baseball, Lou. I know all about baseball. All right, suppose there's a left-handed pitcher pitching. What do you do? I put in a right-handed batter. Now, suppose there's a right-handed pitcher pitching. I put in a left-handed batter. But now I trick you. I take out the right-handed pitcher and put in a left-handed pitcher. Then I double-cross you. I take out my left-handed batter and put in a right-handed batter. Now, wait a minute. Where are you getting all those right-handed batters? The same place where you're getting all those left-handed pitchers. Oh. <laughs> Hello, bud. Hello, <laughs> Lewis, honey. It's, uh, it's Marilyn Maxwell. <laughs> Hello, Marilyn. I've got great news. I'm going to play ball with the New York Yankees. I'm taking you along as a pitcher. Oh, now, Costello, Marilyn Maxwell can't pitch. Oh, no? You should see all the guys she struck out that were trying to get the first base. Uh, no. <laughs> this kid has got some nice curves. Oh, Lewis, you're so sweet. But I do hope you be careful. You know, big league baseball is a very dangerous game. Oh, what's dangerous about baseball, Marilyn? Well, I read in the paper this morning that in the opening game in Boston... Five players died on base. Marilyn, you don't seem to know much about baseball. Let me show you how to play indoor baseball. First, I put my left arm around your waist. Then I snuggle my head on your shoulder like this. Then I press my cheek against your cheek. Oh, wait a minute, Costello. That's not the way to play indoor baseball. How do you like that? Every season, new rules. (laughs) Well, Well, goodbye and good luck, Lewis. I just know you'll become famous for those New York Yankees. Marilyn's right, Costello. This is your chance to become famous. Now, you've got a good job as a baseball player. And you might find your proper niche in life. Yes, I might. I mean, after all, if I find my... What will I find? A niche, a niche. You'll find your niche. Abbott, when I find an itch, I scratch it. Now, (laughs) what in the world are you talking about? An itch. I once had the seven-year itch. What happened? I scratched real fast and got rid of it in three and a half years. an itch in life. A niche in life is what everyone is looking for. Anyone who is successful has found a niche. Well, if that's the case, I know an Airedale that is doing very well. Uh, well <laughs> listen to me, Costello. When I say a niche, I don't mean a niche like you have when you have an itch. I mean a niche like you have when you have a notch. Oh, you don't mean an itch like a niche when you have a niche. You mean a niche like you have when you have a notch. Now you've got it. Now I've got it. I don't even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Costello, why do you mash everything up like that? You're the most mixed-up man I ever saw. Well, maybe it's because I fell on my mother's mix master this morning. She had it set for mashed potatoes. Oh, mother. I know that. I'm a idiot. All I'm trying to tell you is that a niche is a notch. Catch? Notch. Notch. All right. Now you know that a niche is a notch. Uh, you know that both of them are the same. Yeah. Now, I could have a notch and you could have a niche. Yes. Niche to me and notch to you. Yeah. <laughs> 
trying to impress you the importance of being a big, big league ball player and having a good income. Did you ever draw a nice big fat salary? No, I never drew a fat salary, but I once sketched a skinny tomato. No, no, no. no. <laughs> so when I say draw, I don't mean draw like you draw when you draw. I mean draw like you draw when you draw a salary. Have it. Let me smell your breath. Mm-hmm. Just as I thought. You've drawn one too many already. <laughs> you listen to me, please. When I say you draw a salary, I mean you draw money. Now he's got me drawing money. Wait till the FBI finds out about this. I'll probably draw 20 years in a clink. And they don't feed you any salary in there, either. Costello, when I say you draw money, I mean you draw like you draw money to spend it. Not, not like when you draw on an easel. That's what I always say. With money, it's easel come, easel go. <laughs> Everybody draws money. I draw money. I've been drawing money for years. My brother draws money. He's been drawing money for years. You draw, and your brother draws? Certainly. Just as I thought. You and your brother are an old pair of drawers. <laughs> Experience is the best teacher. It happened shortly after the end of the war. Two cigarettes glow in the dusk on the veranda of a country house as a man and woman are chatting. The woman remarks... Robert, you've changed your cigarette brand. This is a camel. I can tell without even looking. Yes, I have changed my brand. You know how we smoked whatever cigarettes we could get during the war? Don't I? Yes, I must have tried all the brands during that shortage. That's when I found I liked camels best. And weren't you right? Yes, experience is the best teacher. During the wartime shortage, people smoked whatever cigarettes they could get. It was this experience that taught millions the differences in cigarette quality. As smokers tried cigarette after cigarette on their T-zones, that's tea for taste and tea for throat, it was Camel's rich, full flavor and cool mildness that stood out from all the others. The result? Today, more people smoke Camel's than ever before. Experience is the best teacher. Try a camel. And while you light up a camel, here's Skinny Ennis with Linda. When I go to sleep, I never can sheep. I cuddle the charms about Linda. Lately it seems, all of my dreams, I walk with my arms about Linda. But what good does it do me? Fallen that doesn't know I exist. Can't help feeling gloomy. Think of all the loving I've missed. We pass on the street. My heart skips a beat. I say to myself, hello, Linda. If only she'd smile, I'd stop her a while. And then I would get to know Linda. But miracles still happen And when my lucky star begins to shine With one lucky break I'll make Linda On the 
tree. My heart skips the beat. I say to myself, hello, Linda. If only she'd smile, I'd stop her a while. And then I would get to know Linda. But miracles still happen. And when my lucky star begins to shine, with one lucky break, I'll make Linda mine. big uh, league ball player, you've got to get yourself in shape. Now, from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m., you lift weights. From 9 to 10, deep knee bends. 10 to 11, skip rope. 11 to 12, run five miles. 12 to 1, I'll never make it. I lost. <laughs> you idiot, you'll never be a ball player. Staying up late and going to nightclubs, eating rich food, running around with beautiful girls. Do you know what can happen to you? Yes, I can become manager of the Brooklyn Dodgers. I... <laughs> I don't even know why DiMaggio picked you. You don't even know how to swing a bat. I know all about swinging bats. When I was a kid, my father used to hit me with a baseball bat. My brother used to hit me with a baseball bat. My Uncle Artie Stebbins used to hit me with a baseball bat. And my mother used to hit me with a tennis racket. With a tennis racket? Yes, she didn't like baseball. (laughs) Hiya, fellas. Well, well, it's Jimmy Ennis. Hey, Costello. I heard about you taking uh, Joe DiMaggio's place for the New York Yankees. That's right. You know, I used to pitch for the Hollywood Stars. And boy... I'll never forget my last game. There were five men on base. Oh, no, wait a minute. Five men on base. Now, that's impossible. Did you ever see the Hollywood stars play? (laughs) Ennis, I've seen the Hollywood stars, and I don't remember you. Oh, I've changed a lot since then. I had the biggest buck teeth you ever saw. I was the only man on the team that could slide into second base and spike you from either end. (laughs) Well, so long, Fatso. So long, Skinny. So long. Hey, you know that skinny would make an ugly skeleton? All right. <laughs> no, don't waste time with him. Now, you've got to get ready for the opening game. Yes, I think we're going to play the Cleveland Indians. Cleveland Indians, eh? Uh-huh. Feller pitching? Certainly there's a feller pitching. <laughs> Who do you think they'd use a girl? Oh, I, I know they don't use a girl. I said feller pitching. What feller? Feller with the Cleveland Indians. Look, Abbott, there's nine guys on the Cleveland team. Now, which feller are you talking about? <laughs> feller that pitches. There is only one feller with Cleveland. You mean nine Yankees are going to play against one feller? That's right. You mean there's no fellers in the outfield? No. And there's no fellers in the infield? No. Cleveland only has one feller. Well, this feller must be pretty good if if he don't need any other players but himself. Look, all the players will be out there helping him. You just said there was only one feller on the team. That's right. Then where did all them other fellers come from? Oh, you idiot. When I say there's only one feller on the team, I mean there is only one feller that pitches. Well, Abbott, when the manager of the team wants this pitcher, what does he call him? Feller. You mean he just hollers, hey, feller! And this guy knows that they mean him? That's right. <laughs> His name is Feller, Feller, Bob Feller. And when I say there is only one feller on the team that pitches, that's it. And the feller that pitches is feller. There's only the other fellers on the team, uh, but there's uh, only one feller. Boy, are you mixed up. <laughs> oh, you mean the feller that pitches is feller. And there's other fellers on the team, but they're not fellers? Now you grasp it. Yes, I grasp it, but it keeps slipping out of my hand. <laughs> Let's go into this sporting goods store and get your baseball equipment. I want you to look right for the opening game. 
Now, go ahead and ask that lady there where they keep the baseball uniforms. Uh, pardon me, miss. Well, if it isn't Mr. Albert. Hello. And Mr. Costello. Hello. You false little mon, you. <laughs> what are you doing in sporting this store, miss? Oh, I just soaked in to get a gift for my north, you. I'm buying him a boss ball. Ball. Boss ball? Abbott, <laughs> you know what a boss ball is? That's what the poocher throws to the coocher. <laughs> and the booter tries to boot a home run. <laughs> my, uh, my nephew is just a lotto chope, but his ambition is to be a Brooklyn doger caucher. Well, if he's only a little guy, why don't he join the deep troot tugers and be a short stoop? <laughs> Going. As we say in Chinese, it's a gooey hot dooey on Pusatu, you. And a dish of gooey chop suey and a push for your drill. Hey, look at that, fella. Here comes the salesman now. Oh, good morning, boys. As Johnny Weissmeller said to Buster Crab, what dive did you come out of? <laughs> well, my friend and I are here to get some baseball equipment. Uh, I'd like to see a baseball uniform that would fit Costello. So would I. <laughs> Look, as Adam said to Eve, quit ribbing me. <laughs> However, I'll do the best I can. We'll start with the spiked shoes. What size do you wear? Eight. Oh, let me see. I've only got one pair left, and they're size five. Maybe you can squeeze into them, Costello. Go ahead and try. Okay. <laughs> what do you know? Open-toed baseball shoes. <laughs> Uniform. My, you're certainly a pudgy little rascal, aren't you? <laughs> aren't you overweight? I'm about 120 pounds overweight, but I'm going back to my normal weight. Yes, that's normal. 60 pounds overweight. <laughs> Gosh, Shelly, you should really go on a diet. Yeah, of course you know what a diet is, don't you? Oh, sure. That's where you can eat all you want of everything you don't like. <laughs> Young man, if you really want to reduce, why don't you exercise with a couple of dumbbells? Okay, I'm ready whenever you and Abbott are. All right. <laughs> Your baseball equipment. Mister, do you have any bats? Oh, certainly. Here's a fine bat. Autographed by Slaughter of the Cardinals. This bat was made for Slaughter. Ain't you got one that was made for baseball? <laughs> when he says Slaughter, he means Slaughter the baseball player. Slaughter the baseball player? With that bat, you could slaughter anybody. <laughs> no, no, Costello. I'm talking about Slaughter. Everybody knows Slaughter. He knows Slaughter. Well, maybe he knows Slaughter, but I don't know. You idiot. Everybody knows Slaughter, the baseball player. Slaughter is the man's last name. What's his first name? He knows. Now, there's a clever guy. He knows his first name. Oh, forget about the bat. Look, mister, do you have a baseball cap that will fit Costello's head? What size pencil sharpener does he wear? Yeah. Oh, oh, a baseball cap. Oh, yes, here's a dandy. This is the kind fella wears. What fella? The fella with the Cleveland Indians. There's nine players with the Cleveland Indians. Which fella are you talking about? Oh, young man, when I say fella with the Cleveland Indians, I am only referring to one fella. The fella that pitches with the Cleveland Indians. When you say the fella with the Cleveland Indians, you're only referring to one fella. The fella that pitches for the Cleveland Indians. Yeah. As Orville said to Wilbur, you're right. <laughs> How do you like that? Not at all. I will change your sporting good story. <laughs> Forget about him, Custer. Hey, wait a minute. I've got an idea. Mrs. Wetwash's late husband used to be a big league ba ball player. Now, he was a home run king, in other words. Now, maybe she'll give you one of his bats for good luck. Let's go over to her house and ask her. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll go right over now, huh? 
You're right, Abbott. As John Adams said to Henry Wadsworth Longfellow... How do you like that? I forgot what John Adams said to Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. Well, good morning, Mrs. Whitwash. Oh, hello, Mr. Abbott. Oh, my. You know you ought to muzzle that St. Bernard dog. <laughs> oh, pardon me. It's Costello. <laughs> Costello, how are things in Gawker, moron? <laughs> Mrs. Whitwash, I wish you hadn't said that. I was just telling Abbott, your face reminds me of a rose. Oh, really? An American beauty rose? No, a rhinoceros. <laughs> Mrs. Whitwash, Costello's leaving for New York to join Joe DiMaggio's place. Take Joe's place. Isn't that wonderful? He's going to play with the Yanks. Oh, I can't believe it. Yes? What do those big Yanks bomb with a little jerk like him? <laughs> Mrs. Whitwash, that was an insult. I'll have you know that beautiful women find me irresistible. <laughs> I don't find you irresistible. And I don't find you beautiful. Quiet, <laughs> Costello. Ask her for those baseball bats her husband left her. Okay. Mrs. Whitwash, I understand when your husband was alive, he had a lot of old bats. That's a lie. He never went out with anybody but me. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, Mrs. Costello means your husband's uh, baseball bats. You yes. see, he thought you might give him one of them. Yes, that's right, Mrs. Whitwash. You see, I need a good bat. Oh, you need a good bat. I'll be glad to help you out. Can I have the bat right now? Right now. Presents lovely Marilyn Maxwell for Metro Golden Mayor, producers of The Sea of Grass. For camel fans everywhere, and in honor of New Orleans Jazz Week, Marilyn sings for the first time on the air the title song of the picture, New Orleans. Do you know what it means to miss New Orleans and miss it each night and day?
worldwide survey, more doctors smoke camels than any other cigarette. Three leading independent research organizations asked this question of 113,597 doctors. What cigarette do you smoke, doctor? The brand name most was Camel. Now, you probably enjoy rich, full flavor and cool mildness in a cigarette just as much as doctors do. And that's why, if you're not a Camel smoker now, try a Camel on your T-zone. That's T for taste and T for throat. Your true proving ground for any cigarette. See if Camel's rich flavor of superbly blended choice tobaccos isn't extra delightful to your taste. See if Camel's cool mildness isn't in harmony with your throat. See if you too don't say Camel's suit my T-zone to a T. Well, Costello, I'm going to New York with you. You know, Bucky Harris, the Yanks manager, gave me a job as coach for as long as you're on the team. Look, Abbott, if you're a coach, you must know all the players. I certainly do. Well, you know, I, mean, I never met the guys, so you'll have to tell me their names, and then I'll know who's playing on the team. Oh, I'll, I'll tell you their names, but you know, strange it may seem, they give these ballplayers nowadays very peculiar names. You mean funny names? Strange names, pet names, like Dizzy Dean and... His brother Daffy. Daffy Dean. And their French cousin. French. Gouffet. Gouffet Dean. Oh, I see. <laughs> well, let's see, we have on the bags, we have who's on first, what's on second, I don't know who's on third. That's what I want to find I out. I say, who's on first, what's on second, I don't know who's on third. Are you the manager? Yes. You're going to be the coach, too? Yes. And you know the fellow's name? Oh, I should. Well, then who's on first? Yes. I mean the fellow's name. Who? The guy on first. Who? The first base. Who? The guy playing first. Who is on first? I'm asking you who's on first. That's the man's name. That's whose name? Yes. Well, go ahead and tell me. That's it. That's who? Yes. (laughs) You got a first baseman? Certainly. Who's playing first? That's right. When you pay off the first baseman every month, who gets the money? Every dollar of it. (laughs) All I'm trying to find out is the fellow's name on first base. Who? The guy that gets the money. That's it. Who gets the money on first base? He does. Every dollar. Sometimes his wife comes down and collects it. Who's what? Yes. What's wrong with that? Look, all I want to know is when you sign up the first baseman, how does he sign his name to the contract? The guy. Who? How does he sign his name? That's how he signs it. Who? Yes. What's the guy's name on first base? No, what is on second base? I'm not asking you who's on second. Who's on first? One base at a time. Well, don't change the players. I'm not changing nobody. Take it easy, buddy. I'm only asking you, who's the guy on first base? That's right. Okay. All right. What's the guy's name on first base? No, what is on second? I'm not asking you who's on second. Who's on first? I don't know. Oh, he's on third. We're not talking about him. Get on third base. Why, you mentioned his name. If I mention a third baser's name, who did I say is playing third? No, who's playing first? What's on first? What's on second? I don't know. He's on third. There I go, back on third again. Now, who's playing third base? Why do you insist on putting who on third base? What am I putting on third? What is on second? You don't want who on second. Who is on first? I don't know. Third base! Sure. The left fielder's name. Why? I just thought I'd ask. Well, I just thought I'd tell you. Now tell me who's playing left field. Who is playing first? I'm not staying out of the infield. <laughs> I want to know what's the guy's name in left field. No, what is on second? I'm not asking you who's on who's second. Who's on first? I don't know. Third base. And the left fielder's name? Why? Because. Oh, he's center field. He's center you got a pitcher on a team. Sure. The pitcher's name. Tamara. You don't want to tell me today? I'm telling you, then man. Go ahead. Tamara. What time? What time what? What time tomorrow? You're going to tell me who's pitching. Now, listen. Who is not pitching? I'll who break is... your arm, you say. Who's on first? <laughs> I want to know what's the pitcher's name. What's on second? I don't know. Third base. Got a catcher? Certainly. The catcher's name. Today. Today. And tomorrow's pitching. Now you've got it. All we got is a couple of days on the list. <laughs> 
the tools. No, they don't. I get behind a plate, do some fancy catching tomorrow's pitching on my team, and a heavy hitter gets up. Yes. Now, the heavy hitter bunts the ball. When he bunts the ball, me being a good catcher, I want to throw the guy out of first base, so I pick up the ball and throw it to who? Now, that's the first thing you've said right. I don't even know what I'm talking about. Naturally. Who? Naturally. Naturally? Naturally. So I pick up the ball and I throw it to naturally. No, you don't. You throw the ball to who? Naturally. That's different. That's what I say. You're not saying that. I throw the ball to naturally. You throw it to who? Naturally. That's it. That's what I said. You ask me. I throw the ball to who? Naturally. Now you ask me. You throw the ball to who? Naturally. That's it. Same as you. of Camel cigarettes sent a total of more than 150 million free camels to our fighting men overseas. Now free camels are sent to servicemen's hospitals instead. This week the camels go to Veterans Hospital Fort Lyon, Colorado, USAF Station Hospital davis Field, Tucson, Arizona, U.S. Naval Hospital Quantico, Virginia, U.S. Marine Hospital Baltimore, Maryland, and Veterans Hospital Palo Alto, California. Camel broadcasts go out to the United States three times a week. Are rebroadcast to practically every area in the world where men are still stationed and to our good neighbors in Central and South America. And now back to Bud Abbott and Lou Costello. Uh, what is that, Lou? You've got in your hand there. Another telegram? Hey, Abbott, look. I just got a telegram from Joe DiMaggio. Well, go ahead and read it. Okay. Dear Lou, just heard your show. I think you have the makings of the world's greatest natural ball player. You have spiked teeth, a club head, and you've been off your base for years. Good night. <laughs> good night, folks. Good night, everybody. And a special good night to Joe DiMaggio. Get well quick, Joe. Listen to Abbott and Costello again next Thursday night when Costello is going to build himself a new prefabricated house. You can imagine the trouble he'll get into. I don't know whether it'll be a one-story house or a two-story house, but anyway, that's another story. Prince Albert Pipe Appeal. They're one and the same thing. Any tobacco burns, makes smoke, but where else can you find the tobacco that has the pipe appeal of Prince Albert? The coolness, mildness, the rich, full flavor. Prince Albert is specially treated to ensure against tongue bite. Crim cut to smoke slow and cool. So pack your pipe with mellow, rich PA. Enjoy Pipe Appeal with Prince Albert. And while we're speaking of enjoying yourself, be sure to tune in on Grand Ole Opry on NBC Saturday night. You all know and love the songs of America but this week you have something extra special in store for you. Red Foley and his gusts, Ernest Tubb and Roy Acuff. Grand Ole Opry, Saturday night on NBC. Be sure to tune in next week for another great Abbott and Costello show brought to you by Camel Cigarettes. And remember, experience is the best teacher. Try a camel. Let your own experience tell you why more people are smoking camels than ever before. C-A-M-P-L-S Costello's famous baseball routine, Who's On First, is now available at Phonograph Records. This is Michael Roy of Hollywood wishing you all a pleasant good night for Camel.
right, and there we have it. Three episodes from the Abbott and Costello radio show. I hope everybody enjoyed those. Hope everybody enjoys the new format of the show. That's going to wrap up this week's episode. But before we wrap it up, Ferg, why don't you uh, why don't you tell everybody what else you do, your other podcasts that you have going on. Okay. Um, I, uh, I do the Atari 2600 game-by-game podcast every week. I look at two, one, one to three uh, Atari 2600 games and give as much information about them as I can find. <laughs> and um, if you want to listen to it, you can find it at uh, 2600gamebygamepodcast.blogspot.com. And you can find Ferg's podcast at uh, Throwback Network as well. If you go to throwbacknetwork.net, you can find the Atari 2600 Game by Game podcast along with OTR Playlist and my other show, Throwback Reviews Podcast, where uh, Rob O'Hara, uh, Kevin Zerby, and myself talk about uh, mainly 80s movies. Sometimes we get into uh, some 70s movies. but uh, So yeah, you can go over to throwbacknetwork.net and just find, I think we have like 20 shows over there now. They're all retro-themed podcasts. We have classic gaming, classic computers, uh, arcade, classic arcade games. And uh, like I said, we have the OTR playlist over there and uh, throwback reviews. So if you head over there, you can find a lot of uh, great stuff. And uh, also, if you want to send us any feedback, maybe there's some shows that you want us to uh, cover, you can send us an email at uh, otrplaylist at gmail.com. And if you wouldn't mind, if you like what you're listening to, uh, head on over to iTunes. We're over there. If you can leave us a review, that would uh, be really great. We'd really appreciate that. So that's going to wrap up this week's episode of OTR Playlist. We look forward to the next time, and uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.